0: Welcome back to the Trucker CFO Podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again for a Driving Your Dollars edition of the podcast. This time out on Driving Your Dollars, Colton Lawrence, the Trucker CFO, will highlight the topic of cyber attacks and how you can take steps to protect your electronic information. In the second part of the podcast, you'll hear Colton talk about tax audits and the increased enforcement by the IRS. As always, Colton will be talking with Michael Burns, who is the co-founder and general manager of Radio Nemo of North America. Michael, who is the host of Driving Your Dollars, also serves as the chief financial officer for Radio Nemo. Before we take you to our conversation with Michael and Colton, we have a couple of important reminders to pass along. First of all, Driving Your Dollars is broadcast each Tuesday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time on the Dave Nemo Show and SiriusXM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. Also, we'd like to remind you that the Dave Nemo Show can be heard on the same SiriusXM Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time each weekday morning. You can also hear the Dave Nemo Show on demand through the Sirius XM app. Now let's take you to our Driving Your Dollars edition of the Trucker CFO Podcast.
1: Colton, glad to have you here. And I'm really, really looking forward to your viewpoint on cyber attacks and your recommendations. Because as you say many, many times... Whatever happened to this company, it wasn't so much that they got into the mainframe from a back door or something. As it is, some employee opened up an email they should not have opened up. Let's talk about that a minute because that is important for all of us.
2: Yeah. So in the news is the story of a large LTL carrier that's been hacked. They've had some issues going on with their IT infrastructure. And we don't know what's going on on the back end or how it happens we just know that there are some issues. And so we're not trying to suggest that we do know what happened with them. But what we are wanting to talk about, Michael, is that many times when these things do happen, it is like you said, they get in through the front end through an employee's laptop that gets left somewhere or somebody clicking on a link that they should not have clicked on generally starts pretty low level. And through those low level means they're able to work their way into the inner workings of the larger corporation. And obviously, a lot of our listeners have some of their own businesses, their owner operators and independent contractors. And even for those that are company drivers, it's so, so important that they understand that the methods that are used by these hackers to gain access to these larger companies oftentimes are the same things that they're going to do to try and attack the individual, the little guy. We can talk about some of those things and things that people should do to protect themselves. And it
1: can be such a mess and they've gotten increasingly sophisticated. I mentioned to you that I got a email from a large banking institution that I did business with about 20 years ago ago but haven't done since and it seems suspicious to me that they would reach out to me just because I don't bank there anymore and haven't for a long time and I looked at it and it looked for all the world like the genuine article they had the logo there they had all kinds of stuff there that looked good but taking a look as my IT guy has trained me to do at the address bar it was like there is nothing in there it said Wells Fargo and I was like no I don't think this is valid I'm not gonna open this but every Every indication was that it was the real deal.
2: Yeah, they are very good at making things look legitimate. That's why they're successful is because these things look legitimate and folks will unsuspectingly click on a link that they think has taken them to the real Wells Fargo or name the company. They think okay. they're going to the real company and in fact, they're not. They're ending up on a site that's going to look very much like the real deal, being asked to put in their information, their credentials to that site and oftentimes the credentials that they put in for that site are also the credentials that are going to work for all of the other different applications. Oh, wow.
1: How many people do you know that use the same username and password for everything? You've just given them the key to the kingdom.
2: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, most people do that. If not just one, they might have a few passwords that they use, taking them to their Facebook and Instagram and their banking Uh. and everything else that they really open themselves up. There are a lot of good tools out there, password vaults. There's several out there that I recommend that work well. You got to be really careful about the master password that you use for that site. It needs to be something unique that you've never used anywhere else. Use that password in that location only, your master password for that password vault. With that, I'm able to have a unique password for every single site that I use.
1: It also helps a lot if you don't, nothing personal in there. There are parts of maybe your phone number or your address or whatever that you use as parts of it. And those are pretty much guessable and predictable. The other thing is, too, you'll see that generally it's a large company like a Wells Fargo or Bank of America. I've gotten fish emails from each of those and many, many others. But I guess the reason they do that is because, okay, maybe I don't bank with them, but maybe one out of 10 people do. And that's Mm -hmm. 10 people that are on the line with them now.
2: Yeah. Another suggestion I have is anytime you've got the option with the institutions that you use that require passwords, if they have dual factor authentication, what that means is even if somebody gets your password, if you're using dual factor authentication, what that means is there's a second level of verification that takes place. Oftentimes, it's a text message that Mm -hmm. gets sent to you with a code. So that even if somebody does get your password and they use that password to log in, you're all of a sudden going to get a text message saying, hey, here's the code. You're going to wonder what's going on and you'll know to go out and immediately change your password. So it's just another layer of protection that you should use.
1: And you also know that somebody's working on you. For whatever reason, you are the one that they're looking at, and they may have that information. We hear more and more and more. You mentioned the LTL that recently got hit. There's a couple others that recently got hit. I still remember back when AARP got hit. I mean, good Lord, that would be half the retired money in America all in one shot you have to really be careful with these
2: yeah so stay away from emails if you get an email even if you think it's legit never click on a link from an email even if you think you can check out the url the web address like you did my recommendation to my employees to my family is if you get an email, don't click on the link, just go to the website that you know is legitimate. If you get an email from Wells Fargo, you personally go type in www.wellsfargo.com or whatever the case may be, but don't ever click on that link and do not ever, ever put in your information, your credentials, your username and password into a link that you've clicked on from an email because it's very likely that it's be nefarious and they're going to be using that information to steal from you.
1: Yeah, and even by clicking on it, you've already given them way too much information, your IP address and so forth, and the fact that you're there and you're answering that email because they use a scatter technique to send these out.
2: Okay, now I got his IP address. Now I'm going to concentrate on getting him. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because the reason they do this is because they are successful. The reason they do it is because they're making millions and literally billions of dollars a year stealing from us our hard-earned money. If we could get people to not fall for their admittedly very good tactics, they're very successful with it. But if we could stop letting them be successful with those tactics, they would stop doing it or try it a different way.
1: Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and finish up the show talking about the parts of our audits that we didn't get to. This is Michael Burns.
2: Colton Lawrence here, your Trucker CFO. The IRS is back and they have hired thousands of new revenue officers charged with one job to contact you about your unpaid taxes. If you owe the IRS money or have unfiled returns, it's not a matter of if they're going to contact you, but when. Start the resolution process today by calling 888-235-4772. That's 888-235-4772. Or visit us on the web at truckercfo.com. To get back to what we were talking about, the IRS has stated
1: that taxpayers under $400,000 would not see an increase in audits.
2: Tell us what's wrong with that. This is in the news. You hear it on both sides of the aisle. People are really kind of hammering in on this $400,000 income Mm -hmm. level. The fact of the matter is the baseline number that is used for determining how many audits are going to happen is based on the audit numbers from years ago. So what we've all gotten used to, or I guess not had to deal with, which was being audited over the last three, four, five years, that's not the number that they're going to use when it comes to the number of increased audits that we're going to see with the money that the IRS has. The number that it's actually going to be based on is about 10 times higher than what it's been over the last several years. So when they talk about this $400,000 a year number, Really what we're gonna see is the increased audit rates are going to include those with $100,000 a year in revenue and above. So for our owner operator friends, this is not net income that they're looking at. This is gross income. So pretty much every single owner, operator, independent contractor, if they've been doing it for at least half the year or more, they're going to have more than $100,000 a year in revenue.
1: Okay. You're going to see these audits in several ways. My least favorite of all is the correspondence audit. It is my least favorite for a number of reasons, some involving the mail service here in Mississippi. They do send out notices requesting additional information, and you can do that. Unfortunately, you don't know most of the time whether they've received it or whether they've not until you get an updated audit statement or another bill, but you just got to resolve this thing.
2: Yeah. So the correspondence audit is kind of the lowest level audit. It's the frontline audit. They're going to do more of these than anything else because of just that. They can do more of them. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take as much staff to handle them. Generally, they're pretty limited in scope. One that we see a lot with our clients when it comes to correspondence audits is with regards to their per diem. They'll get a notification just saying, hey, we need more information on this particular deduction and the deduction happens to be their per diem. So they'll have to supply the backup for the number of days that they spent out on the road and why it is that they feel they should be able to take that deduction. Keep in mind with these audits, it's not like a criminal thing. The burden of proof is on you, the taxpayer, to prove that you should be able to take that. It's not up to the IRS to prove that you shouldn't be able to. If you can't provide the backup documentation, they're going to disallow that particular deduction. And so with these correspondent audits, you mentioned the mail. We always recommend anytime you're sending something to the IRS we recommend you send it in a certified or trackable way so that's going to mean something like FedEx or UPS with a tracking number and proof of delivery or it could be USPS U.S. Postal Service certified mail where you get that little green slip with the proof of delivery there and you keep that proof of delivery until such time that you know that the IRS has received it through some other form of communications either telling you that they need more or that the matter is resolved.
1: Yeah I have a favorite of that there is one particular envelope when it comes to them the red white and blue envelope always gets attention That's when I get a response within a reasonable amount of time. So it's worth the 30, 50 bucks, whatever you have to pay to get that done. For most people also, it's going to be a brain crusher to find all that stuff and so forth. But if you are doing my taxes for me and you are keeping track of everything for me and you filed it and so forth, then I pretty much just fax the letter to you,
2: right? Yeah, If we are the ones that have been working with you already, it's going to be pretty simple for us to pull that information together and send it off to the IRS for you. If we haven't been working with you, we're happy to do so now and definitely can help you put that information together. We work with folks all the time on all of these different types of audits. It falls into a different section of our business called tax problem resolution. Tax problem resolution includes audits as well as liabilities that are due. So anytime you receive notification from the IRS saying that you're being audited, whether it's this low-level correspondence audit or any of the other two that we're going to talk about, we always recommend you give us a call so that we can help you. Because you don't want to send them more than you need to but you want to send them everything that you should. There's an art to that and knowing exactly what you need to send so that you can justify those certain types of deductions that you're taking.
1: Sure. Now, also you can have an office audit where you go to the field office and you meet with an agent and you bring all your stuff with you. A lot of people find that to be a very high pressure situation. The audit that I have never had and I don't ever want to have as long as I live is where two guys show up at your front door of either your home or your business or the accountant's office and examine the record are right there on the spot and you have to be present for that how does that sit with most people because I know for me that's the one I never want to see
2: yeah so the office audit as you said when they say office audit what they're referring to is the IRS office mm-hmm. you collect your information you go to the IRS office you meet with the auditor there typically an auditor is going to do two of those per day and so you might be the morning session so you might be there for upwards of two or three hours and then the auditors going to take another hour or two to themselves to kind of resolve the audit, but you're bringing the information to them and reviewing that, and then they're making a determination there with you. The field audits, which is the most in-depth audit that they're going to do, is where they're actually coming to your location or locations and digging into the information. They're actually going to be examining the records on site, you have to provide them access to that. Typically, those are going to take more than just a single day. That's going to be over the course of time. And keep in mind, all of these audits can be progressive. So you could start with a correspondence audit that could turn into an office audit which could then turn into a field audit or you may just start with a field audit so mm. the point is is you never want to be doing these things alone need representation you need to call us and let us help you out with that also you need to know that there are more of these that are coming as we've mentioned it's not just pie in the sky this is stuff that is happening we are seeing it now we have a number of clients that are currently in correspondence audits as well as some of the office and field audits and it does happen it happens with truckers and it happens more and more regularly now than it has over the last few years One thing we're
1: seeing a lot this year, too, is for people who have changed business forms, let's say they've operated 20, 30 years as an LLC, and then they turn around and they file for Chapter S or Chapter C, and the former company kind of still exists on their records. You see correspondence going back and forth for companies that don't exist anymore. That's where you really want some advocacy because that's a minefield
2: Anytime there's a significant change in your business, it could be your first year of business, you get that first 1099 when you've been W2 in the past, that that could be a flag for an audit, a change of business filing type. There's all kinds of things that can result in you having a higher likelihood of being audited. And those things you just mentioned are definitely some of them. There's nothing you can do oftentimes to prevent those. You just mm-hmm. need to be aware that it increases your likelihood. I personally back in 06 was audited because of a change similar to that I had a little side business that I had going on at the time. I was just a W-2 employee, but did some stuff on the side, got audited because I had a Schedule C that I had not had before. So you don't want to not do things because you fear being audited. You just want to make sure you're doing things correctly. Right. As long as you've got good representation and you've done things the way you're supposed to, there's nothing to fear an audit about.
1: And that's it. My two favorite words are preparation and advocacy. I want both of them. <laughs> well, Colton, this has been a great session. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. And if somebody has not looked at the possibility of having Trucker CFO on their side,
2: what's the best way that
1: you can recommend people get
2: hold of you? best way is to go to our website, Trucker CFO, that's Chief Financial Officer, so truckercfo.com. From there, there's a number of ways they can contact us from our website chat to web forms they can fill out, to our phone number that will be listed there as well. All of those methods are great, and we'd love to hear from them.
0: That closes out our Driving Your Dollars edition of the Trucker CFO Podcast. Driving Your Dollars is being developed in collaboration with Radio Nemo of North America and the Dave Nemo Show. For those of you who listen to SiriusXM, remember the Dave Nemo Show can be heard each weekday morning from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on SiriusXM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. You can also hear the Dave Nemo Show on demand through the SiriusXM app. If you'd like to learn more about all the shows and offerings available from Radio Nemo, visit RadioNemo.com. That web address is again, RadioNemo.com. Once again, the Trucker CFO team would like to thank the staff and management of both Radio Nemo Productions and Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio for making driving your dollars available to share with our listeners through the Trucker CFO podcast. Now before we close out this edition of the podcast, here's a friend to tell you more about the offerings that are available from the Trucker CFO
1: team.
3: Do you have a team of tax, accounting, and business advisory professionals who understand the complexities of the trucking industry? There are a number of ways you can connect with the Trucker CFO team. You can visit the company's website at truckercfo.com. That's truckercfo.com. From the homepage, you can fill out the contact us form, which will send an email to a Trucker CFO representative. Also through the truckercfo.com website, you can connect to the company through the find a time to talk button to set up an appointment, or you can use the chat feature. If you would rather email the Trucker CFO team directly, you can reach out to the company through the following address, info at truckercfo.com. That's info at truckercfo.com. You can also call the Trucker CFO team toll-free at 1-800-533-4230 and hit option 2 for sales. That toll-free number again is 1-800-533-4230 and choose option 2. The Trucker CFO Podcast is produced by Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo in collaboration with the team at Trucker CFO. Thanks again for joining us on the Trucker CFO Podcast. Just as a reminder, you can find and subscribe to our podcast through all major podcast platforms. If you do become a subscriber, we'd like to ask you to take a moment to rate the Trucker CFO Podcast. As always, Colton Lawrence and the entire Trucker CFO team wish you the best for continued safe travels and good health as you work to keep the American economy on the move.